Hello and welcome to the Hub Systems Podcast, the voice of man's model moments, the blog of the various ramblings on the modelling and gaming antics of my son and I. My name is Alex Mann, and with me is my son, Oscar. Hello. In this episode, we'll be taking a retrospective look at the Reading Warfare Tournament uh, that was this past weekend, and also a first look at Wild West Exodus. First, though, we're going to look at what we did over the past week. So, Oscar, what have you been up to? Actually, not that much, to be honest. Like you said, we read in Warfare, but we'll get onto that later on. Uh, I got my PC, it arrived. It is very nice. Had some trouble setting it up, although it was a... Well, it's Windows. It was one thing after the next. I needed to install my SSD to put Windows on it. And then Windows was being weird, etc, etc. But no, it's good now. I've got a couple of games... Uh, CSGO, Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, and uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown. Still to get Fallout. Well, for me, it's been pretty busy with work. A lot of time on the road, uh, plus preparation for Reading, uh, which has meant little time for anything else hobby-related. But I have been playing Fallout 4, because I pre-ordered it, so it arrived on release date. And I've got to say, it's pretty excellent. So you can't even <laughs> go in the front room if you're playing it. Yeah, you don't want to see anything. You don't want any spoilers. It's so difficult though because my friends are just like, oh no, listen to this, listen to it. I just like walk in without my ears. That'll be easier. <laughs> they keep sending you messages and stuff. So. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> friends, say eh? what are they good for? Nothing. <laughs> so they're not listening then. Okay, uh, you've had a pretty. Uh, we must apologise. This is going out a few days late. And that is because Oscar, well, essentially you lost your voice, didn't you? I sort of died, yeah. At the Reading tournament, it was um, very bad because the, the acoustics in the room, like everyone speaking at once, I'm there trying to shout over to the other person while I've got a cold and my voice is just... Yeah, you had a really bad throat. It was tough. Yeah. So that's a good segue, actually, into Reading Warfare. So Saturday morning, we got up bright and early. Uh, headed off to Reading, and yeah, we were there for two days uh, for the Firestorm Armada tournament, which was 800 points, five games played over the two days, three on day one, two on day two. You took your Aquins. Yeah, boy. So I what had, did you have? I had a squadron of uh, heavy cruisers as my tier ones, uh, one of them which was my Admiral's vessel. Uh, for tier two, I had a squadron of three cruisers with a Sulis Redirection cruiser, and a squadron of two gunships, and for my tier three, I had a squadron of four snapper corvettes. And how did you do? I did uh, mediocre, I think the word is. I drew my first two games, I lost my next two games, and then I won my last game. Which was against me. Which was against <laughs> you. I Yeah, it's good and bad, I guess. Cause... Yeah, so I had to step into the fray. Uh, one of the chaps who was playing Terrans on the first day couldn't make the second day he had some stuff happen so i stepped in with a very makeshift uh dimtrenzi fleet so i fielded the legion two castra assault cruisers uh, which are the size of battleships big chunks of resin and uh three heavy cruisers and then four sigian corvettes and i played two games obviously for the second day first was against rothosa uh, against scott and i won that game and then, playing against you, you beat me. I kicked your ass, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't a. It wasn't a noble victory for the Dindrenzi. Basically, a lot of the 
the weight in my fleet is in my heavy cruisers. Most people look at the Legion and it's a big scary model, the Castras are big scary models, and maybe overlook the fact that actually the heavy cruisers put out an awful lot of attack dice. In the game against the Rolthosa, they just ripped through uh, the destroyers. You get I really had to feel for Scott because he actually did as much damage to his heavy cruisers as I did with mines. Uh, he laid a, a strength 8 mine in a gas cloud. He had really punished my Retarius escorts on my Castrus. So I had one with one hull point left, and I just flew it into his own mine, uh, just detonating it, fortunately critting his heavy cruiser. And then he rolled a uh, drive, uh, sorry, a, uh, a core rupture, a uh, double one. <laughs> it, it blew up. Um, now... Heavy cruisers for the Rothos have six hull points, so it's a 12 attack dice explosion, which critted another one of his heavy cruisers and damaged the other. So uh, on the very last activation of the game, he then flew into a strength 8 mine of mine, and exactly the same thing happened. So the chances of it happening were incredibly remote, and I had to feel for Scott. So I stole the object right there. But Scott did win the prize at the end of the, the tournament, because he did get the wooden spoon. And most sporting. Uh, but he did get the most sporting, I have to say, as well deserved. So, no, very nice. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, you came seventh or eighth? Eighth, yes, eighth. Yeah. eighth out of twelve. You seventh last year, I think. Oh, seventh last year. I dropped my game. Yeah. So, well, that's you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty consistent. I was I was uh, reaching for the spoon at one point after my two losses. <laughs> I was right down at the bottom. And then. Uh, fate decided that we had to play each other, yeah. of course. Well, I think if uh, if Scott hadn't have lost, uh, you might have been in contention. But if you'd got, I mean, because you got two draws, you're on two points. I think Scott was only on one point at that time. So, that was um, but you were also in contention for the most sporting, which I thought was pretty good. So it was a almost a very very proud moment well, so far. I'll actually be able to paint up a fleet next year and go for best painted. Best painted as well. Never know. Yeah, because although you had good intentions, I think as we mentioned last time, you had three days to go. You weren't ever going to paint. No, you see, I wasn't. <laughs> I get to test my fleet either. So uh... no, so you were playing it for the first time yeah. at the tournament, yeah. much as you did last year. We <laughs> keep saying we're going to redo it. We never do. <laughs> well, mate, we have we have had an awful lot going on in yeah, the last yeah. year. So well, it was really good. I enjoyed the tournament. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about our fleets, but uh, about one of the games. But actually, you're absolutely right. The people uh, were fantastic. There were some old friends there, some new people as well, who uh, hopefully are now old friends. Um, and it's just a really, really good atmosphere. A bunch of us went out for curry on a Saturday night, um, which we shall say no more of. Ian Duff, your secrets are safe with us for the time being. <laughs> Um, although if you'd like to send us money to tell everybody what uh, Ian's secrets are, then please feel free. No, Dad, stop. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was a really, really good event. Um, a lot of camaraderie, uh, a lot of fun, uh, and just a bunch of guys mucking about together with spaceships, really. What more can you say? Some really nice painted fleets as well. Yes. Really, really liked Chris's Aquans. That green. green and orange scheme it was really striking and really nicely done. It was actually, absolutely, Aquin sort of just won because Aquin's were best painted. Chris, the other Chris, he won the tournament second second year in a row. Yes, yes, it must be said that um, 
yeah, Aquans do retain the crown, which I, I do feel we need to, to stop. And that's good. <laughs> well, they weren't all the best. <laughs> they came first, but uh, second place, I think, was Dan with um, Vaidrith. Yeah, it was quite... Uh, and third place cool. was Cerulean's. In fact, uh, all correct. So come on, Eusenian players. We need to... Uh, Need to beat down these yeah, yeah. these Kurak the right dogs. <laughs> and interestingly enough, there were no Dindrenzi. Uh, it's one of the reasons I, I quickly put together that uh, Dindrenzi fleet when I think it was Matthew stepped out. But uh, yeah, it's there were there was just one Terran fleet, which was his. No Dindrenzi. Three Aquan fleets. One Ralph is, uh, Three Cerulean. Two Cerulean. Two Cerulean or three? Two. Two. Vadrith, Works Raptor. Which were Daryl's really nicely painted. It was a real toss up between me it voting for, for Chris or him. We had Terrakians. Ian bought Terrakians, which seemed to do either really, really well or really, really badly. Um, exactly like the Vader, actually. That was that. Yeah, well, Dan had, a really, Dan had some dice which were on fire. I think we actually. I think everyone did at some point. You know, we need a steward's inquiry into those dice, I think. <laughs> Well, I'm my dice against you. I think he, he prized a uh, an Aquan battleship on turn two. Turn I think it was. Yeah, well, almost almost undamaged. I mean, I managed to capture a couple of your cruisers, but it was too late by that, that time. I couldn't get them out. I couldn't get the extra points for them. My dice were insane there. Every yeah, single yeah, against my heavy cruisers. At range man yeah. one, because you get to re-roll your ones uh, with beam weapons, every single one I re-rolled yeah, was a six. It was a six. And Apart from one. Yeah, though your last roll, I think you rolled three, and only one of them was a six. Um, only one. Yeah, totally. um, but you had the other one where you rolled a couple, and you got one of them was a six, and then it was another six, and then it was another six. So, uh, Hello, crit. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just unreal. My heavy cruisers were sitting in a gas cloud uh, near the objective as hold the waypoints. And, well, you, you fired with nine attack dice at an undamaged cruiser, and you got what was it, seventeen hits? Seventeen in a gas cloud, in a gas. which is mind-bogglingly statistic-breaking. <laughs> and there's just nothing I could do. I just had to sit there and take the four hull points of damage um, on the one hull point. Oh, no, I had one hull point, didn't I? Yeah. Um, and then you just blow it to pieces, and the next nine attack dice hit. So yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a lot of fun for my heavy cruisers there. I didn't actually get a chance to put any dice out of them. Of any real note, didn't no. It? And then when they they left, and then your uh, your other big ships they shunted in. Yeah, the problem was my my reserves didn't arrive uh, when I needed them to as and well. They did, they were ripped I expected my heavy cruisers to last longer. Yeah. To to be you know cause more trouble and more damage, they didn't, um, which meant that you could focus on on both them and the legion. I mean, the legion was pretty unstoppable. It was big and scary, and it basically just wasn't doing enough. Um, there was too much else happening, and I only had those activations. Yeah. And then my uh, when my assault cruisers came on, um, my Sajians came on, they didn't last long enough. So I was basically down to two activations throughout the whole game. I so, was on about three. Uh, and you were, well, I think you had every, all your squadrons left until right. No, yeah. you did, your snappers. My snappers lived. They were sort of lived, just yeah. chilling. So I really didn't have, I mean, you could control the flow of the game. Uh, which is always, always bad news. Well, for me. <laughs> but no, well played. And uh, there were some really interesting games. It's really nice, actually, to be able to walk between the tables. So there were five tables, six tables. 
six tables. Six tables there. Really good to see the different matchups mm-hmm. and uh, the different tactics being employed. Not a lot of SRS this year. Thank God. <laughs> that, that was one thing I, I really noticed from last year when we saw what there were at least two two carrier fleets. There, two, there was there was a director at fleet with two carriers. Yeah, two cloaked carriers, oh. uh, and then two. Terran carriers as well. There's two Terran carrier lists, which are quite unusual. Yeah, so it was a real switch around from last year, which is, I think, nice to see people trying out, you know, fleets they've not tried. This one was quite an offensive year, actually. Yeah, a lot of direct damage. Yeah. Well, I don't know who it was, but didn't someone get a crit on a ship and jumped into a planet? Yes, there was, and that was against Chris's uh, Aquans as well, right at the on the very last game. Yeah, double six box cars crit and it went straight into the planet which was <laughs> I think it was on my second game I, we got collectively throughout the whole game we got four double six crits wow I've never seen that before in my life no well, we didn't have any on our game did we but we had no. I had two double ones in the game with with Scott but that's you know we, you throw enough dice and these things happen yeah. It's just they always seem to happen at the critical times. At the bad times, yeah, the times you don't need them to happen. Yeah, because when you roll double one in initiative, nobody really notices. Yeah, you lose initiative, but you'd have rolled if you'd rolled a five against a, a seven or whatever. But when you roll a double one, it's on the crit table. It's a different matter. Indeed. So, again, that, that anecdotal feel of when it matters, you, you remember it. It's just instinctive. But, but anyway, really good event. Traders were there as normal. There was one trader selling Spartan at half price, buy one get one free. Uh, they cleared out all of their firestorm oh, and I think all their planet form as well um, pretty quickly. But not an awful lot of new stuff, I would no, say. I don't really... Scenery. Yeah, a lot of World War Two, World War One scenery and figures. I and... so much Warhammer. I don't think I saw... Oh no, I did see the new two-player box set. Oh yeah, but apparently that's meant to be alright. The Betrayal at Calth. I think it's cool, I mean, isn't it? Yeah, the models are sort of just the same. Well, I mean, it's for a two-player starter set. It's ninety pounds or something like that. Which is bad for games. Um, given the number of models you get, it's okay. It's um, but for sake, me, it's right. it's base means it's just exactly. for yeah. God's sake. Every single two-player starter set is space marines. Like I'd like to see a starter set with something different. Well, I think it's just that in forty k, space marines sell. It? You know, it's like the like Age of Sigma, you know, the... Uh, That's not... We said we wouldn't. The fantasy space marines. But yeah, I, I mean, it's... You can't doubt the quality of Games Workshop products. It's just, it just seems a bit... It looks a bit bland. I looked I mean, at they're it. sort of going for quantity, not quality. Well, I, the, I don't know. The quality looked pretty good, but... I saw an unboxing. If you want, like, armour that's covered in all kind of useless crap. I mean, no, I think they're not as fetished as, uh, as other ones. They're... They're very basic, actually, because exactly. it's a, it's actually not a forty k product, is it? It's a thirty k one. This is the Heresy, so it's ten thousand years before, so it's it's thirty k. Does yeah. it have one of the new dreadnoughts in it though? Oh yeah, but the new dreadnoughts are the old dreadnoughts from the dark age of technology, kind of. Oh, let's move on. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit um, about Wild West Exodus. So, mm. didn't know anything about this game uh, until. 
we listened to an episode of Jaded Gamer Cast. I didn't. I didn't you know didn't. Anything. No, you don't know anything. Uh, but I was listening to it. They were talking. Uh, Nathan was talking about the quality of the miniatures, the rule set, and how it's a very elegant skirmish game. Now, I don't know whether it's a US versus European thing, but it's not prevalent at all in the UK. I don't think I've seen it as a box set anywhere. Um, I ordered this from Wayland Games back in September. Just to give you an idea of scale, it arrived when we came back from Ready Warfare. It was waiting for us. That's two months that it took for us for it to get here. So obviously they ordered it. It came from the States. You know, maybe it's just it's because it's a Cowboys thing and that has more of a resonance with US people than Absolutely. European. On that topic, I mean, when you said, oh, I've ordered Wild West Exodus, I was like, we play sci-fi, Dad. Have <laughs> you gone back in time? Yeah. Like, I can't say this really appealed to me, to be quite honest. But seeing the models, actually, because like, we, we, we were talking, didn't we? We said some of the technology looks very kind of vintage Fallout. Yeah, that's actually... I mean, it does come at a, an interesting time that Fallout's just come, and then these come, because it does look very... It's very reminiscent of some of the look of Fallout. And I think some of these... I'm probably going to be painting a very similar kind of you know, muted browns, that kind of scraggy scavenger raider look. So let, let's talk a little bit about the, the box set. So you're, you're holding the box set there in your hands. It's Outlaws versus Lawman, two-player starter box. It was £64, I think. You get, I think it's 28 minis. Two lots of 10 hands, a couple of bosses, and specialist. Yeah, it's 28 minutes. So that's about £2.30 figure. Um, so, you know, if you don't consider any of the other stuff, only the rule book, the um, token sets, the templates, all that kind of stuff. So it's a substantial set. It's got a, a reasonable entry point. I don't know anything about the rules at, at the moment at all. We haven't actually read through those. I've, we've brief, basically briefly looked at the minis, and I've half made uh, one of the what is he Oscar a he is a bandit heavy weapon bandit heavy weapon I've just dropped his arms on the floor so <laughs> I'll find them in a minute and I must say it's really really nice I mean the detail on it the stance the proportions are all excellent I haven't glued the arms on I've glued them together and actually just gluing them together and holding them on the model and then taking your hands away it actually just holds that so it looks like you glued it together but it allows you then to paint because there's such great detail in here uh, i wouldn't want to obscure it with the arms to then try and paint it and, and muck it up rather do that and then just uh, glue these on because they're such a good fit you know we talked about games workshop earlier and they are really masters of getting these things to fit perfectly and it looks like these guys have taken a leaf out of that book because they are they are faultless i mean what do you think oscar is pretty amazing like just looking at the wooden box he's standing on as well i i, I want to be outlaws just so i can have this guy i mean he's very cool but then like you look at some of the other ones like doc holiday and his suit all engraved with different patterns yeah the i mean the nice thing is we talked about the betrayal at calf set and there you have there's a lot of figures in that i think it's about comparable i think you get about 40 maybe um for about 90 100 pounds yeah we talked about the betrayal at calf set uh or we mentioned the betrayal at calf set a little while ago and there you've got quite a lot of minis but as far as i can see they're all the same standard 
uh, marine kits where you get what is it four different legs or five different legs and then there really isn't the variety of poses that you might get in you know a specialized set from from gw these each of them is an individual pose they've all obviously been individually sculpted there's no kind of mass sprue uh, effect or, or look to them and it's really really nice i mean they they are quite exquisite looking figures just looking at the renders on the back uh, i mean we've got the sprues here as well but i found from making the the bandit guy i mean here's the he's the heavy weapon lawman uh, sprue which is separate from the others and you can't really get an idea from that of what he's going to look like when he's put together because the the bandit guy looked very similar in sort of yes you can see all the individual parts and they look detailed but when you put it together it really just gains this life it, it's yeah, really impressive the, see the gun he has and i'm liking that like the full barreled shot yeah like, no I, I understand what you mean completely like yeah looks decent the detail on the head is pretty amazing you've got his beard and stuff but like you say it really brings them to life when like the, the bandit heavy weapons guy is standing on a box holding up this huge sort of rifle thing yeah it's like a big sniper rifle or something isn't it or some kind of shotgun maybe well, it's got, it's got a big long sight on it so exactly it's a super shotgun dad obviously <laughs> so i mean the the whole design of them it's very much i wouldn't say it's cyberpunk it's sort of a uh, it's a bit like dystopian legions actually it's, it, it's that sort of um slightly alternate universe sort of 19th century but you know end of 19th century in an alternate universe where things are slightly different so you've got like there's a couple of bikes like there's an outlaw iron horse and a lawman interceptor which is basically a big sort of uh, bike thing people with like a couple of there's like cyborgs and stuff yeah but it doesn't really have that the, the thing about steampunk I... stupid. <laughs> i'm sorry but you know it had to be said i mean like i like steampunk sometimes like the robots are sometimes really cool but when you get some weird character with weird like oh cog goggles it's like it's just got no use to it. <laughs> You're being prejudiced against I'm being very steampunk people. No, the thing I don't like about steampunk, apart from people who dress as steampunk, which I just think oh, is yeah, slightly yeah. We're weird. not going to go into that. Um, if you're into that, that's fine, but yeah, I just think it is off. Um, is the, it's kind of the Victorian thing. You know, it's the top hat with the cyber goggles, like you say. That to me is, like you say, it's a bit stupid. <laughs> just something in me. It, I, Goes against it. Whereas, I guess it's because these guys are, you know, like cowboys, and that doesn't—it doesn't have that sort of clean-cut feel. It's because it's sort of like cowboys, and they have that thing of the, it's a whole kind of hood of mystery. Like, it's almost like that wasteland like, thing, you know, though. You like you fallout. Expect to see sort of a guy like, like with his hat over his head, like a, up against like a post of some building. You walk past him, he looks up, and he's a robot or something. Because that doesn't yeah. strike me as odd particularly, because it's like that would be a cool idea, you know, because. So that frontier yeah, kind yeah. of feel, isn't it? And, and I think that's what sort of makes it uh, chime with the Fallout thing, because the Fallout thing is almost that yeah. future Wild West. It's like building from the ashes, kind of cobbling stuff together with what you have. Sort of thing, yeah, so it's it's quite cool. It's um, I'm not a big fan of the Outlaw Iron Horse look on the no, render. No, I'm not. Um, but it might be a... 
like a Spartan thing because if you look at the bandit heavy weapon guy there, he just looks pretty static. But actually, when you see him, he's pretty, he's pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Badass, yeah. So it might just be one of those things that renders really don't transmit the the feel of of those models. So anyway, we're looking forward to uh, to putting all of those together. Um, so far, I've got one out of the, what, the 28 guys. <laughs> so uh, not a huge progress it at the moment. Of modeling. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. It's a while since I've put together uh, plastic figures in this way. I know, I sort of like getting it sort of done. Yeah, I enjoy it. I bet then, you know, my my background is more modeling, I guess. So you also get a little mini, um, mini rule book, which is... I guess it's what in Europe we would call A5 size. It's kind of a half I think American letter size kind of book. Very nice. So it's a nice little uh, pocket size, you know, sort of gamer bag, man bag sort of thing. And it's, um, yeah, it's pretty nice. Full colour cover and it's black and white, also kind of sepia and white. It gives that kind of feel of... Uh, it's got like little, little doodles and stuff inside, which is what I like. Yeah, it, it does remind me actually of some of the dystopian legion stuff that, that spartan do um recently you know the kind of sepia almost sepia tinted look yeah, um, and the illustrations are very comic book i would say which is actually quite cool actually. which like again is quite sort of like um, it fits the aesthetic doesn't it of the cowboy stuff again borderlands you know that's a very cartoon yeah. style yeah actually that links perfectly doesn't it because that's sort of like yeah like the bandits i would say you know you can imagine Borderlands looking a bit like this. It's sort of more Borderlands is more futuristic, but actually, it's quite. If you think of Handsome Jack, yeah, <laughs> how that works. So looks quite nice. Then you've got this huge template thing. Like, normally, you get like you know you've got your your flame template and your explosion templates, and they're all separate. I'm sort of holding a mix mash of three like spray burning templates. And three different explosion templates, all mixed into one. Which actually, the more I think about it, the more of a better idea it is. It's quite neat, isn't it? Because you can't. I mean, yeah, you're less likely to you lose that. And you know, it it is. Well, where's the seven-inch template? Oh, I don't know. Well, actually, they're all in here. You've got seven-inch, nine-inch, and eleven-inch sort of like you say, flamer-type templates. X-wing players will know the struggler. <laughs> Where the hell's the three-inch harsh? harsh yeah. Term? Okay. Got three inch bank. No, no, I need the other one. Uh, and then you got three inch, four inch, and five inch diameter. I guess they're explosions, which is good as well because it does show us that there is a lot more stuff in the game that we can't see from the models. Yeah, so that's quite nice. You also get a couple of square, or I should say rectangular, notched templates. I have no idea what they're for. I presume they're for moving. And you also get a whole bunch of tokens. So you get an entire sprue, which is just these sort of goldy bronze-coloured um, tokens. And again, no idea what they're for. Four very nicely moulded dice. Yes, the D10s are like a silver, silver bronze, bronze mix, uh, which is quite cool. They have very nice dice. So we do know it's a D10 mechanic, because again, we heard that on JD Gamercast. So this has been a real punt. It's very different from everything else that we've we've played. We've never really played anything like this to be honest. No, no, we haven't. So it'd be quite interesting to see a how all the the figures look when they they're painted up, and b how it actually plays. And actually, I can see I could see putting a, a threshold team together. Um, oh my god! Why didn't we think of this sooner? From these uh, from these guys, yeah, because they are very cool yes, and very are. characterful. <laughs> 
and you can imagine, yeah, we got the we got the US guys in. <laughs> We've drafted these guys in. It's just like so speaking of threshold, uh, you made a purchase at the uh, oh yes, Reading Warfare Show. Yeah, we didn't buy very much at the show this year. I I bought for a single pound a uh, a big what was labelled as a Hobbit Hill. It was actually an Exoterra rock for uh, a lizard or a snake. Uh, we actually have uh, Jimmy, who is a spiny-tailed agama, so it's now going to be his new home. He already has a similar one, if not an identical one, um, but that gives him a bit of variety. So that was a good purchase, good save. However, that's not what you're referring to, is it? No. <laughs> so we bought two actual models. One was a sort of gribbly creature who we thought would be great for a dark puppeteer. Which is an enemy in the thrush in uh, Strange Animals, which is very, very nice. Mm. <laughs> I used against your threshold list and... Uh, and you killed... And didn't kill... Fun. You took out Sister Maria with that. She hated dark puppeteers before her death. I, ki- I took out three of your guys and the other ran away. Yeah. And so just to sort of remember Sister Maria, I bought a pack of nuns. Not just nuns, though. Special weapon nuns. Special weapon nuns. So there's one with a flamethrower. There's one with a sort of minigun. Yeah, a Gatling. Yeah. One with a pistol and uh, one with something else. So but, you uh, have like a full threshold team. So we'll see. We'll nuns. see. We'll see what happens. Here we could have the, uh, <laughs> the full nun list. <laughs> Heavy metal habit. No, you can't. No, I'll, I'll think of some more nun puns uh, for the next episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those those are the only purchases we made. Uh, we weren't really going to to buy stuff, which is it was more about the tournament. This, yeah, this yeah. Time. However, speaking of purchases, Cthulhu Wars Onslaught Two finished this mo- uh, last night. So we talked about Cthulhu Wars before. The Onslaught 2 we were very excited about. I think they asked for $75,000. In the end, it was funded just over a million. So 1.02 million, I think. So everyone got pretty much everything. So there was a massive amount of stretch goals. There's Glow in the Dark. There's about six Glow in the Dark great old ones that are being added, including Azathoth. They're all the original ones, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, well, Azathoth is also the... First big independent, I think. Wasn't oh, is, he, he? is he the brain thing? No, he's the starfishy guy oh, with the yeah. eyes. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That that finished. I don't even want to talk about it though. Next year, September. But it is September when it's due, and I think last time they trailed a little bit on their shipments, so we might be looking at sort of next Christmas-ish time. So yeah, well the good thing is I think that gives you enough time to forget about it, right? Well, I forgot about it before tonight. <laughs> I mean, the next thing we should be expecting will be Maelstrom's Edge. Ah, yes. uh, we have that. That was a Kickstarter we backed a few months ago as an EU-friendly project as well. So shipping costs are pretty low for that. There's no tax, which is which is good, and that should be shipping by Christmas. So when that arrives, we will. Uh, be doing a, an episode on that. Quite excited about that because, again, some quite nice minis in that. Slightly different aesthetic. It's a sci-fi universe. Again, it's a small skirmish game, and we really haven't played anything approaching that since 40k. Is we? that um, the alien? That's no, that's the one with the the carists and the I think the enforcers or something. The ones which look like chimeras off resistance. No, that one didn't get funded. Oh, they they actually stopped it before. They only got like ten thousand pounds or not. Now this is one with the, like the little spider robots and the big scarecrow robots and the even bigger 
Yeah, then those weird pathogen aliens. And then the... No, they're not aliens. They're... So people have been exposed to this maelstrom energy. Oh, okay. So they have those the right one. Those rifles with those glow. Yes, you've got the I think the enforcers or something. Right. Yeah, they're, they're like the UNSC, <laughs> the Terrans, the Marines, all of those those kind of human normal factions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that, that should be quite a nice one to look forward to as well. Definitely. Not sure really we have anything else to to go through right now. Uh, I say we, we are going out a bit late. There's been a lot on, so I think we'll probably wrap. We're around about, after editing, I'm guessing we're going to be about 30-ish, 35 minutes. So, and also, I must say, if you can hear any snoring in the background, it is our dog. We're doing this in the front room, and she's there in her bed, snoring away. But I think that's it. It's been pretty quiet on the front It has been pretty quiet. I think um, we need a little bit of time to... Uh, let things build up. To let things build up and get into get into the groove of things a bit a couple of weekends away has not allowed us to do very much at all so including my homework including your homework because you have got gcse's this year as we keep saying i've got lots of after school sessions there yep yep which again detracts from fun stuff so what you mean after schools are brilliant of course. So I spending all my day. <laughs> okay, so there you have it. Reading Warfare, very enjoyable. If you're in the UK and you can get to next year, again, it will be held in November. It will be going on again. It would be great to be able to double the number of tables. I oh, think it, if you could get amazing. 20 participants, get sort of 10 tables, I think that would be great. It's a very, very good community, I think, of all of the, the different uh, games that were being played in a tournament setting there. Ours was probably the noisiest in terms of laughter and cries of excitement. Oh, and I don't, want to, I don't want to rain on anyone's parade, but uh, looking over the 40k one, you could see like you sort of, the odd people sort of when they finish, they just leave. Yeah, like, I'm not going to win anything. I'm going. <laughs> see you guys. Yeah, it's a very very different culture in Firestorm, and it would be great to have more people involved in that. Um, great bunch of guys, and uh, I believe there was a couple more tournaments going on next year. I know Slayer Games have one. I think it's in March, April time. Yeah, because we just need to check whether we're going to be on holiday or not. Because I think we would like to to go up. Um, I don't know holiday or gaming tournaments, Dad. Well, it's holiday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, I'll have to argue with that one there. <laughs> but definitely, if we can, we will we will go there. But yeah, really, really good set of people. Definitely recommend it to anybody if you're a forty k player and want something different. Then Firestorm, it's, as we've said before, it's available free. You know, it's a very different thing. I know, perhaps we should mention, actually, I don't know if you saw this. Games Workshop announced, they put an announcement out last week that they're going to be putting sort of a a specialist thing, a bit like Spartan did with Spartan Studios, to resurrect their, their dead games, their specialist games, as they call them. So Epic, Armageddon... Battlefleet Gothic. They spelled Armageddon wrong on the uh, post. (laughs) And to be honest, why why would people care? I mean, these are games that they decided long ago weren't worth bothering with because they weren't making enough money. You can imagine them now just sitting in a conference room and like, right guys, after uh, Age of Sigma, our ideas have literally gone down the toilet. I know, let's just relive our old crappy games that didn't work. Yeah, we can Well, it weren't that they were crappy. I think it's just that they are... Yeah, they're out of date. Exactly. Like, so the industry's moved on. People have had a lot of clever so ideas since... More things 
to do now, which are new and stuff. I think they need to realise they're not the only gaming company. I, I don't think they'll wake up to that. I don't think they realise that, that all of this industry has sprung up around them. They've and... got a massive competition. They don't realise yeah. Yeah, no, they just keep cranking out stuff and charging more for it. I think there was. Uh, what are we there down for? Oh, you you have to wonder because some people still keep buying this crap. I mean, it's it's quite remarkable. I think um, I think what was their latest? Well, we shall see. But I mean, some of the models are nice. Don't get me wrong. Actually, some of them are not half bad. But uh... well, we've said this before. You know, it, it's not the fact that what they do is bad. It's just the fact that they take the piss. Yeah, with the amount of money uh, and the fact that they think they can tell us what to do. I mean, the latest thing, get this, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Rangefinder. Let's have a look. Now, Rangefinder, well, that sounds good. It's a tape measure, guys. It's a... It's a tape measure? Bleep, bleep, expletive, deleted tape measure. Rangefinder? I thought that was a new sort of model. No, no, it, it's not like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Oscar's seen it for the first time there. Uh, that's forty dollars. Forty dollars. I want it to be made of gold. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not even metal. So you're paying forty dollars for the most ridiculously looking. Even if it's made of metal, forty dollars. It's just stupid. Like, it doesn't even look very good. It's like, oh, that's quite good. A personalised tape measure. Maybe if Spartan did one, they were going hard buy it. For not very much at all. Maybe I wouldn't. I mean, the ones from BMW, BMW look better than that. Okay. So that's forty Canadian dollars. I should have said Canadian because they're worth slightly less. That's twenty pounds. Nah, that's still twenty pounds. <laughs> now, if you go down to Wix or B and Q, you can pick up a tape measure for a pound. And they still look better than that. And well, it just have a stupid comment on it. But uh, <laughs> I, I just think, I mean, that's the kind of cynicism that just took us out of forty k the Games Workshop whole thing. I mean, and then you've got the, you know, the the dice shakers for £25 a piece, the combat gauge for £20. It's Come on, guys. I mean, if I bought a dice shaker, a combat gauge, and an Age of Sigmar rangefinder, I've got everything I need to measure and roll some dice. Not the actual dice, because I haven't bought those in all of that, for a game of Age of Sigmar. Or I could buy an entire two-player box set for something like Wild West Exodus. It doesn't make any sense. And quite what age age of sigma i don't work, know whether these people are living in the age of sigma where that is but it isn't here and now in the 21st century and i'm sorry games workshop that's why we're out uh, and i think it's why a lot of people are out and there are some diehard fans in there but i just don't know when they're going to wake up and smell the coffee of you don't have to do this you know there are companies out there which care about their their customers games workshop does not give Shit, excuse me, Oscar. For I don't think we're gonna wake up and smell coffee at all because they spent all their money on oh, <laughs> People still keep buying this stuff, and it, it, it always makes me wonder about people. I mean, yeah, don't, people don't get us wrong, we're not going to go at you for liking the games, it's just because I don't care. Probably lots of people don't like Firestorm, that's not going to make me not want to play it. It's just at least, yeah, exactly what you say. They're taking the absolute piss, aren't they? With the amount, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you can buy an Imperial Night Warden. It's a hundred pounds for a single model. These are the things that everybody, you know, you have two of those in a list, and then like, your minimum requirement. Everyone has those. Yeah. Um, but it's a cool big robot. It's a bit stampy. But they're a bit over fetish. Yeah, it's you know, 
I think we don't want to get into too much of a bitching fest on the games. We've already gone. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe we failed in that. But it's just it again. since our eyes were opened and we started with Spartan and now we started looking at and all this other stuff's coming out, we haven't we have spent more on hobby stuff in this past year than I've ever spent, and it has been one hundred percent not on Games Workshop. And Absolutely. I've never been happier in hobby terms than now. And the people I have met and people I consider friends now in this hobby are, well, firstly, far more numerous than ever in 40k. The kind of... And, yeah, just just nicer people. I don't know whether 40k makes you that way (laughs) or whether people like that gravitate towards it. Um, We've got to start. Yeah, yeah, we have. You're right. You're right. Let's stop the toxic bit. So, yeah, I think... Let's get to the positives. Running Warfare, great. Try and get there if you can. If you can come and play Firestorm with us, more than happy to. We had new players there who had only played a few games. They had a good time as well as the people who had been playing for a few years now. So go to the Spartan Games website, download the rules, proxy it with whatever models you've got, get into the game, and you will find friendly players around you. Um, without a shadow of doubt. Uh, Wild West Exodus, we shall report back when we've made some of these models and actually got some games in. And other than that, we'll report on anything else that happens in the next week or so in uh, in our hobby dealings. So I think that's it for the episode. Thanks for your listening. From the Hub Systems, it's Alex. And Oscar. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.